Dude, why are there so many coming of age movies? Why are that's, there that's so many? That's the crux of our entire podcast. Of age movies. <laughs> I am inevitable. Your hands? That's like a baby's toy. I'm totally Batman. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Communing with your spirits. Welcome to California, bud. Kawabunga. The world of magic. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secondary Heroes Podcast. This week, we're talking about coming-of-age stories, our favorites, our own, and who knows what else. This is your host, Trevor, and joining me, as usual, is... Hey, guys, this is Prague. And this is Alexander Wolfgang. How's it going, guys? Well, we're here to talk about coming-of-age films, <laughs> and we're going to see how this goes. Well, before the show even started, I had to put... I, I was like, you know what? Let me just get an idea of coming-of-age films, and no joke. Like the George list maybe, just right? there, there's about two or three hundred uh, that I'm just yeah. flicking through, and I'm like, good lord, maybe I should have put oh, in like huh? 80s coming of age movies or something like that. Then I would really understand what's happening here. But no, because I think the, wow, most of them came out in the 80s, but there are a lot in other decades for sure. <laughs> I mean, there there's so many, man. There's so many, but why? Why are there so many coming of age stories? That's I'm what we're here to answer. That. Hey, oh, exciting! Set, spike, people. <laughs> Let's go. So we don't have spoiler-free reviews today, right? Welcome, you. everyone. We don't have our usual format. Instead, we just have an open-ended topic of why are there so many coming-of-age stories? We, as society, we eat it up. We go and watch them all the time, and so creators want to make that. But creators also want to tell their own coming-of-age stories because it's mm-hmm. just—it's like common. We've talked in the past about there's only a certain number of story types i feel like coming of age journey is one of those story types and that's why it just gets retold and everyone always has their own unique coming of age story because there's billions and billions of people and billions and billions of lives that all have unique situations that have a different coming of age story and the question is which one is the one that is your favorite because your favorite is it the best made is it the most related to your personal experience is it just Mm -hmm. one that you find fun and you can watch over and over again it's up to us to decide that but at home think about your favorite coming of age story because to alex's point there's a bunch to choose from (laughs) and then choose our favorites is going to be interesting and honestly like i said uh i decided to pull up a list of just to see what's out there and I mean, everything that I'm seeing is, I'm like, wow, I like that. I like that. I like that one. Ooh, I really like that one. And I'm like, my God. Alex like, likes these types of movies. I like these types of movies. Is it because hmm. I want to, is it because I want to uh, relive my youth in a way? Is, is that it? is that what we're chasing after with coming of age stories? It's a good question to ask. And I think we should dive into that today to see why we are, as a society, obsessed with these films. Because we have been for decades. Yeah, it's not a new trend. thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> so why? And I know no. not everyone likes them, so. Uh-oh. Are we just about to learn something alert, from you, Frog? <laughs> oh, no. I'm just saying there might be some people out there that don't care for these films. 
Interesting. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out. Well, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this podcast, why don't we do some socials, fellas? Oh, yeah. uh, make sure to check us out over on crossthestreamsmedia.com. You can check us. You can find all of our episodes over there, all of our YouTube links. You can find all of our socials uh, from Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all unsubscribe excuse me oh boy i just had a bubbly so i'm a little burpy uh you can check us out on all of us all of our socials at secondary heroes everywhere if you are over on crossthestreamsmedia.com you can leave us a voicemail leave us a voicemail what's your what is your coming of age story or your favorite movie of coming of age story there god there's so many this this one might go long guys um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or it won't who knows uh but yeah just remember all this is free for you and it's priceless to us but also leave a five-star review tell your friends about us tell your enemies about us i mean that'll show them yeah that will <laughs> okay yeah i'm good on socials oh and now for the topic at hand trevor well do we want to start with our favorite movies or do we want to give ourselves time to think about it and try to answer the question of why we're so obsessed in general? And then do we want to talk about our own coming of age story, that point in your life where people like your parents or people who've lived through experiences gave you advice. And for some unknown reason, we as humans have to fight against that advice and say no i'm gonna do it myself i know better and then it inevitably blows up in your face but at that time when you make that decision you know you know better (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i think we should answer the why first i think that'd be kind of fun to kind of see why we are obsessed with this yeah let's Um, start there but i think alex you kind of were touching upon it by saying like you wanted to relive your childhood and I do think that is part of the reason why a lot of people watch and love these films. It's like, oh, I remember being that kid. I may not have had this exact same circumstance happen to me, but I remember feeling kind of those feelings you get in your adolescence when you fail at stuff and have a broken heart or whatever the the, the, the crux of the coming of age recipe is. Like you want to go back to that time when you like everything was kind of heightened, I think, when you when you're a kid and you're trying to figure out the world, you know, whereas now it's just you're an adult and you're doing adult things. It's kind of boring. Right. So it's kind of fun to go back and watch that. I don't know if I would personally ever want to relive my childhood because that's, that's always the question. Like, would you would you want to go back and relive your childhood or just tell yourself something? Um, I would not want to relive that no matter how good some of it was. It's like I've been through that. I'm done. I'll you know, watch somebody else go through it maybe in video form. Wow. You're just, just waiting for that. Just sweet, sweet Mm -hmm. nap forever. Huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. (laughs) No, but I do think the touching on the reliving your youth all over again. And the thing that I find a lot is that every decade has this. So like, for instance, like people who grew up in the 60s, they can watch like a Stand By Me. A Stand By Me is like that's classic movie right there that anybody can kind of gravitate to. I don't know about kids these days, but at least like the generation that didn't have TikTok and cell phones and stuff to take up all of our time. Mm-hmm. We were out looking for, you know, crazy stuff running on railroad tracks, you know, running through the woods and stuff like that. Like, that's what I remember about, you know, growing up in Florida. Like we, we used to play paintball in the woods out back and 
do run yeah run around in like swamps and whatnot but like but that's the thing is like i always think of movies like like a stand by me of where every for the most part from what i know like a lot of kids have a group of friends that they connect to and it's almost like maybe maybe watching these movies you are like it reminds you of that group of friends that you once had because sure. not not any of for the most part i'm not friends with too many people from when i was 12 right and i don't know how many people really do stay in contact with those type of people in their lives but like there's still good memories from those people but right. everybody goes in their own direction just like at the ending of stand by me yeah spoiler alert my god oh, yeah right <laughs> read the book yeah do you read the book? It's a good short story. Well, I, I think you nailed the generational aspect of it just because it seems like you can find a movie or TV show that depicts every generation. So every generation has their own story to be like, oh, yeah, that for them, that's their childhood. Like right. me watching Happy Days isn't relevant to my childhood, course, but right. your parents or grandparents, that would be more relevant to or, you know, vice versa, like Euphoria is a hot show right now, but it's coming of age for right now in the moment. And that might not be, you know, resonate with us because it's weird to be growing up right now in, from mm -hmm. our perspective. And there's just every single generation always has a different show or movie that has that coming of age story. So you can always find something to connect to. Sure. And I think with, with Euphoria, that's more of a, like you said, a now uh, coming of age story whereas a lot of them back in the 80s were like let's put this back in the past 20 or 30 years um like a look back kind of coming mm -hmm. of age story um but nowadays i think within the last maybe 10 years a lot of them have been more current like euphoria there's been a lot of those kind of shows that are like current coming of age like in the now um i don't know why that is i don't know why like obviously we do have shows like stranger things which touch upon nostalgia but i feel like the coming That's of age stories one, yeah. really are more grounded in the now for whatever reason and they weren't back in like the 80s and 90s as much so right those are looking at the 50s 60s and 70s like wonder right, years like the or... good old days yeah <laughs> whatever yeah it's Before simpler times like said. yeah but even in the 80s the 80s had some uh, really solid coming of age movies from Fast Times at Richmond High, Sixteen Candles, sure. Breakfast Club. Those were all like set in the in that time now, in the eighties when those came out. Which I think it's fun for like us eighties kids to go back. I mean, I was obviously a baby in the eighties, but at the same time, like I I really look at the eighties as a really cool, fun time, and it's almost mm. like it's a very interesting time capsule in a way as well these coming of age movies well i like that you mentioned those films because they're like the the john hughes films and john mm -hmm. hughes is like oh known god for were they that style yeah, like, were they that all the, john hughes <laughs> all john, that, that's that's his entire career <laughs> that's his mo but like the thing about john hughes is yes they take place nowadays but they're all based on his childhood they're all based on his growing up like like lampoon's vacation is his vacation like obviously he took it to extremes but right. a lot of the anecdotes and that was all from his vacation traveling across the country with his with his family um so really it was his his own kind of like looking back at his childhood but bringing it forward to now which is another right. yeah, interesting yeah. aspect right um 
I'm not too sure, like on like a show like Euphoria, for example, if those people are younger, like closer to the ages of the people on the show or not. Um, that might be interesting to look into to see if the writers are kind of like taking a look at what their own recent experiences are in the last few years or not. I don't know. Uh, but I know John Music, for example, was looking at his own childhood for those kind of you know shenanigans that he put up in his films. So John Hughes, there's a quote of his about these particular movies. Mm-hmm. And he says, what a, one of the great wonders of that age is your emotions are so open and raw. At that age, it feels as good to feel bad as it does to feel good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty much true. That's what I was saying earlier, right? It's like yeah, emotions are like just stronger age. because your you're experiencing them for the first time. First it's crazy, right? And yeah, Everything. making friends and all that stuff. It's first time you're experiencing it. So it's just going to be more visceral. Yes. So. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. I've actually been watching a show called uh, Only Murders in the Building. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen this at all yet? Outstanding I've heard show. It, yes. It is yeah. very great. I'm very good. Oh, I, I love that show. Could you <sighs> hear me out on this? Okay. Could this be considered a coming of age? Just because these guys, like for instance, these guys, they're you know, they're at an age where they've done it all and seen it all. And they pretty much are like, okay, well, we're pretty much done. I'm going to die alone type of thing. And then someone comes into their life and now it's almost like they've got a whole new life to them. They've got a whole new vigor to them that they want to start living again and doing stuff again. And it almost gives you that coming of age just with older folks. Is that, is that kind of, I've been watching a lot of it lately. Like, I'm watching two or three episodes a night and I'm like, I have oh, not seen it. So I probably can't comment. Oh, okay. I would just call it maybe a second coming of age, like a late stage blooming right. of. <laughs> Cause they're like senses. 60 or seventies. They've got, I don't know if I call it a true coming of age film. So, I think, I think I don't think that like, quite fits. The coming of age is the idea of going from in between childhood and adulthood. Cause okay, that transition is right. going to be the starkest thing you do, but it's still a period of time where people change like it's just a different perspective on that because steve martin and martin short to your point have that whole vibe that they're like 70 years old and it's you've experienced everything but then can still be open to new experiences so you have that look back with fondness type of thing of like oh back in the 70s i did this but then you're still dealing with today and it's an interesting juxtaposition where you have experiences to rely on. So I think it's not a traditional coming of age story, but it's still, it's just a coming of a different age. Like becoming an older person is an entire different experience for people. You kind of have to relegate your mind to a different perspective on life. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I, w- I will say watching that show though, it makes me really scared to become old. I don't want to be old and alone, dude. I'm like, <laughs> it's so weird. I watch the show and I'm like, I get nervous. Oh God, I'm going to be old one day. I mean, no, that's the ghost. goal though, right? I, I guess there's the alternative to being old one day. Yeah. Yeah. Die young. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's inevitable. So. Well, I'll check out that show. Actually, you really should, man. It's actually a really solid show. It's fun. It's silly and goofy at times, but for the most part, it's like, I mean, Trevor, Trevor's given it kudos. Nice. It's really good. And I'm not a big fan of true crime podcast. And I think them poking fun at it 
I helps think, yeah. me get into it more. Oh, and <laughs> Tina Fey, the way that she pokes at it. Oh, yeah. she's so good. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Well, cool. I like that. That was a good discussion on that, too, because like you're trying to now we're trying to define really what a coming of age story is. And I think that's what I was searching for. I know that we I know like being a kid and then going into a teenager stage or going through something new and different. Yeah, that's coming of age. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure older folks go through that, too. Sure. M- midlife crises. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that is that's that- a whole genre of movies, too. That's a whole yeah. thing, you know, <laughs> but they're rare. Another episode, maybe. <laughs> That's the thing is like these type of things are rare. You like you're not going to find a whole lot of like I feel like in recent years, we've been seeing a lot more older folk type of movies like Bad Grandpa and stuff like that, just because it's like, well, we don't want these old folks like robert de niro to just go away like we still need to have them stick around somehow so let's keep putting them in movies about getting old i don't know sorry we're talking about coming of age we'll talk (laughs) about that another time (laughs) yeah another podcast another podcast Um, another time but yeah i think we've done a good job defining kind of what the coming of age film is and kind of why we are obsessed with it as a society but then the question is do we care about them well, I think the also question is, do you think it's just easy, like as a creator, as a storyteller, to rely on I, your I own experiences? So. Like, I say I have to either. come up. Yeah, no, but say I have to come up with like, oh, here's some sci-fi adventure or something or some superhero it, adventure. Age sci-fi, right. Yeah. Right. I get, but yeah. just grounding it in your own personal experiences is just easier because a lot of the stories now are based on that. Because to your point. It's still coming of age. If you have a show like Stranger Things, it's all kinds of sci-fi and weird stuff happening, but it's, it's still, still coming like of age story. Of age. Right. And then you have, you know, various types of Spider-Man movies where he's learning, like any kind of superhero, they're becoming a superhero. It's that coming of age. That age is the superhero age, but they're learning how to do it from scratch with mm-hmm. raw emotions and stuff. I mean, you can skew younger, like Peter yeah. has different experiences than you know, Iron Man, but it's that same idea. And then does that remove you from the experience more if it's super outlandish? Like you see Avatar and he's like, you know, a 12 year old boy, but he can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Does that make it not as relatable or does it make it more interesting? Um, for me personally, it makes it more interesting. The, the closer any creator, any writer gets to their own personal experiences, I prefer. Like if you're, not that I don't enjoy like the, a high fantasy look at things, but the heart of the story, I think, is nice when you do touch upon personal experiences. I feel like that's when I, I am able to relate more, even if I haven't gone through that, that those exact experiences myself. Since they're going to make those feelings more relatable, you know, if they have never experienced it themselves, they're going to hard have a hard time describing that. So it translates better, I think, to screen if it's a personal coming of age story kind of experience that they can write into a character's narrative for me. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. I mean, it's also, I don't know. I feel like I can see myself in certain characters. I can't really see myself in Spider-Man. Like I can't like, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see myself being that type of person. I could see myself being one of the breakfast club. I could see myself being, you know, one of the kids from super bad or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there, 
it, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's because I I've started in my older age, I've started enjoying more relatable movies where I could see myself or I could be like, Oh yeah, that's kind of what I was like when I was a kid type of thing. Okay. Like I can't, I can't say that about, Oh yeah. I'm Iron oh, Man. Spider-Man or I'm Iron Spider-Man. Man. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but nice I, I mean, but that doesn't mean that I don't, I don't not like the, or I don't not like the Spider-Man movies. I think they're great. I think Iron Man's are great. I think superhero movies are fun. I just, you know, it, it's not as relatable. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like it's there's a different thing. juxtaposition too. Just yeah. like with Steven Spielberg, he did E.T., which is a coming of age movie, but it's literally the title character is an extraterrestrial. It's not about the kids, but it's still a coming of age movie. No, but then yeah. he made the Fablemans, which is literally his own it's story. Yeah. Like yeah. he made it like, I'm going to cast my parents. I'm going to make this. And so with you have those two films by the same maker, does the allegory or analogy for coming of age where you use some fantasy object in that story, does it make the story less than because hmm. like turning red, you know that the creator made it based on her experiences of growing up, but she mm-hmm. used an analogy for the big red panda. She didn't actually turn into a big red panda, but it made it relatable and humorous. And so I wonder right. if that analogy or allegory brings the storytelling. Like it's not as relatable. Like, Oh, I didn't turn into a big red panda when I was growing up. Or me but an alien, right? Does, does it fit more? Like I can still see my person and the analogy makes it more memorable than something like, Oh, here's, me riding a bike to school every day and getting bullied. I don't know. The, so you're, you're asking more if like the the hot the fantasy element of the stories does it Heightens help the storytelling? Yeah, or does it disconnect? Um, it be too relate like because you you have the super relatable ones where it's very grounded in reality. And sure. Does that right. make it easier to connect with, or does the fantasy element make it more memorable? And so it heightens kind of the experience. That's an interesting question. I don't know if it necessarily. <sighs> I do think I'm more. It's more relatable for the grounded in reality stuff. Like I don't think I grew up thinking, "Oh, I'd be like Elliot one day and meet an alien." I didn't think that way. I'm. I would think like, "Oh, I might go out in the woods, you know, with my friends and you know, do stuff like in Stand by Me." That would be that would be more relatable. I would think. Um, but both are memorable. So why is that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, that's um, great. Oh, so I God. don't think it's the fantasy element. Well, look at like Harry Potter. I mean, one of the yep. most popular movie series of all time. And that's and absolutely a coming of age story right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doubting anybody can relate to. Oh, I right. mean, who knows? I Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did. But I, I mean, a lot of a lot of these movies is, you know, there's a lot of either love and loss. There's there's something there that connects us to him i think the fantasy element i i like what you're saying about the fantasy element because i i'm trying to figure out the words to put together here but like i like what you just said with that whole thing because it it does kind of make it more memorable when red came out how many girls were like oh my god that's how i felt with certain with certain aspects of that i mean not so much turning into a red panda and then turn, taking pictures of the red panda and sharing pictures right. of the red panda. <laughs> oh, Alex. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. 
Should I cut that? Should be more memorable? No, that's great. That's fantastic. Posting pictures of red pandas. Yeah. Posting They're pictures at the San Diego of red Zoo. Pandas. <laughs> you can have red pandas anywhere, really. I mean, it's that time of the month. That's that's what I learned about that movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it can that was Alex's coming of age movie. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that was fantastic. This is good stuff. Um, I don't know if this more. I don't see to me personally. I don't know if it necessarily makes it more memorable. I think. I think what makes the, the movie more memorable is the fact that it's a coming of age story. I don't think it has to do with it being more grounded in reality or have the fancy element. Because yeah, I feel like Harry Potter is a good example because it's purely fantasy the entire sequence of events. Right. But it's still based on Harry learns who he is and what he wants to do. So it's the traditional kid, coming right. of age. But I feel like it's still relatable. Like I didn't go to a wizarding school, but you still go to school. Like you can right. take out the idea that I'm going to go and learn transfiguration and instead I'm just going to trigonometry. But there's still, I think, enough monotony in Harry's life to make it relatable. Like he, he does extraordinary things, but there's still monotony through the course of the year, through the course of the book. And of course, if when you're a kid, you, you wish that you had abilities to do certain things, right? Like you wish you could like turn invisible, like you'd be being bullied or something. You wish you had superpowers, super strength, like all those kind of things you wish you had. So it's a lot of wish fulfillment too in those series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wish fulfillment. And it ties into also the whole like young adult books. Like think how many young adult books there are. Oh my like, god! That's a super and... yeah popular genre. Hunger Games, all Hunger that kind Dreams, of Maze Runner, yeah. Divergent, mm -hmm. they, they all flew together. What was that number and four or something? Was that one number seven? Anyways, there's never know. a not a supply of <laughs> YA books, and I just wonder how strong that pull is for coming of age to be as strong as it is. Because like Harry Potter is going to have the strongest appeal to people around our age because like when the first book came out harry's 11 i'm 11 that's going to be more relevant than someone who's 30 years old reading that book at the time or who you know what i mean it, it's just it heightens that time period so then it i think it ties into nostalgia and we we know like we've talked to nauseam about nostalgia but i think coming of age mm -hmm. the ones that are going to be most relevant are the ones that are nostalgia to you and that nostalgia sure. i don't think is detracted or maybe even impacted by fantasy. I think fantasy might make it more approachable, but I think that's it. Like it's going to cast a wider net, but that's probably yeah. the yes. main distinction. Absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And of course, I think a lot of times your favorite, and I think our favorite probably coming of age stories would be the ones that we watched when we were coming of age too. Mm -hmm. For example, I think those are going to stick with you more. You'd be like, oh yeah, I remember watching that whatever when i was you know that age and ninja turtles or whatever yeah yes great coming of age watching like, my sensei get captured and i had to go save him yeah. of course yep yes. that's pretty much yeah i definitely <laughs> relate to being a teenage mutant ninja turtle yeah it, i i my sister it wasn't got easy me a... coming out of my shell let me tell you <laughs> it took a while <laughs> I got there. They had a whole musical tour called Coming Out of the mm -hmm. Shell Tour. Um, my sister got me a t-shirt for my birthday one time, and it said on the front, Alex, what do you want to be when you grow up? And on the back, it said a Ninja Turtle, and I had a picture of a Ninja Turtle. Because when I was a little kid, 
someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and that's exactly what I wanted to be. So, coming <laughs> of age, maybe that's my coming of age story right there. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> So I believe Prague mentioned this, <laughs> uh, saying that um, that coming of age stories and movies really, and the nostalgia behind it really come together great when you're coming of age and watching these movies. And it makes me think of American Pie. Those movies are like, for me, like it was those, I feel like those were the moments Watching American Pie, like, I think I was a little younger than the movie, but I I felt like I saw high school coming. High school was there, and I was maybe a freshman, and I could see the parties and stuff from afar. Like in American Pie, I could see these guys doing the same things me and my friends were doing. And I'm like, oh my god, this is me and my buddies. And I think, I'm going to say probably American Pie next to like breakfast club are my two favorite uh coming of age stories just because i feel like with american pie i feel like i can relate i feel like yeah i was kind of a nerdy kid who knew enough people knew enough popular kids but i wasn't like bullied too much you know what i mean like i feel like the main character of that i could kind of relate to a bunch and then breakfast club is just a classic movie that i just love have you ever been in detention like a saturday oh, yeah. detention oh okay. uh no not a saturday detention no i wasn't okay. that bad i was a good boy okay oh yeah. nice yeah <laughs> so okay. there you go There's i'm trying to remember thing. i think i've been in detention once and i can't remember what it was for so probably not doing homework or something i, I mean know. i'm sure i was suspended but that's like oh out of well, school that's suspension. a little different okay yeah out of school nice. suspension where like i took a week off or something. I don't know. I might have done something like that bad. I remember all of my Alex. suspensions and detentions. Oh my god, really? Trevor was <laughs> a bad boy. I, don't I had one that. detention in eleventh no. <laughs> grade when someone in our AP history class was so dumb that they copied our outline for the notes. Like the we had to take notes on a particular book and they're posted online. And a lot of people took that and you reword it so it doesn't look the same. This person verbatim copy and pasted and sent it to the teacher. So our whole te- our whole class got detention because he's like, I know you guys do this. This doesn't help at all. That was the one time I got Saturday's detention. That's funny. What? You got in trouble for someone else? <laughs> the whole class. You couldn't. It, I mean, it is about equality in the end. In the no. end. Trevor's a bad boy. Yeah. Oh, so no, it was, I, was the worst when I was in second grade. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> I, oh, I tell us about to, second grade. I know how to edit stuff. I mean, in second grade, I got enough. Like, you know, you get like a negative, like, strikes against you or whatever. Sure. I got six of them. And nice. it was always wrong place, wrong time. Like this one time uh. I went to the bathroom and there's this other kid who's wadding up the paper towels mm-hmm. and throwing them on the ceiling. Oh, and there's two kid. of us in the bathroom. I'm literally just going oh, to the gosh. bathroom and we both got punished. That was a good one. <laughs> There's another time where we were like wrestling up on the field and this guy tries to flip me over his head, over his back, and my mouth and chin hit the back of his head and he starts bleeding. And he went and told on me. Like, I didn't do anything on purpose, dude. 
No, I had the worst we, luck in second grade. <laughs> wow, we are second grade. I do not remember right much now. about second grade. So that's really impressive. I have a good memory. That's a good memory, man. All I remember about second grade is my teacher uh, said that if we ever were out of out of turn, she would hang us by our toenails from the ceiling. Yeah. When did you go to school? Like seventeen no, Catholic school, by the way. <laughs> that's Catholic school for you. Oh Oof. yeah. That was scary stuff. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Same teacher that told us that if you held in a sneeze, you would blow up. Okay. Where are we at in our conversation? <laughs> I'm super lost at this point. We're talking I don't about, know. We're talking, we're talking about personal experiences. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Uh, that was fun. That was a fun little diversion. Down memory lane. <laughs> memory lane. It's a hell of a drug. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, were you talking about your your favorite movie there, Trevor? I can't remember. I wasn't. No, you weren't. Okay. <laughs> do Do you have one? I can only think of TV shows. Oh, boy, boy, what's your TV show that you liked? So it's a relatively new one. It's called Red Oaks. It's on Prime, and it's set in okay. the '80s. And it's this kid who goes and works at a country club, and it's not relatable to me in the slightest, but it's just an outstanding show. It's like one of the just the best coming of age stories I've seen because he's that they every episode ends where he's going to make a decision and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You don't know how it's going to play out, but they really string it along well where you can see why he made that decision. Even if that decision turns out being poor, it's that whole idea that I grabbed to at the start where for some reason we as humans your parents are like, I did that exact thing you're doing. Oh, you're just dumb. I'm going to do it anyway. And you go and do it. And it turns out exactly like they said it would. And it's because they've experienced it. But for some reason, we have to experience it ourselves. And that show nails that idea. Red Oaks, right? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I can't think of any occasion like that where my parents told me something. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go do it on my own. I, I, like, I really can't think of one occasion where I actually did that, though. You didn't ever try like go against their wishes, or I don't know. I mean, I moved out of state. <laughs> that was definitely against their wishes. Well, well, there you go. How'd that go turn out for you? Doing pretty well. Pretty good. See, well, pretty well, well for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, how about you, Brog? <laughs> well, the problem with mine is mine is the most popular one, probably for most people, and that Stand by Me. We've already talked about that. Um, but that was a movie that kind of came out when I was that age. And um, we watched it a lot in middle school. Like our, our middle school is kind of obsessed with it. Like we even watched it on the bus ride to uh, the state Capitol. Um, it was like a big part. We, like, we would quote it all the time. We loved the barf scene. Um, so I think that would probably be my favorite. But in terms of TV shows, there are a few. Um, uh, I think Freaks and Geeks does the best job. of Freaks and Geeks. Yes, high school ever, <laughs> like of anything ever. Um, it's 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 almost it's, at times it's almost like cringy how real it is, like how much I relate to the characters of the three boys who are the geeks. Was so me in high school. It's yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, but the the cool thing about the show is it tell it shows you like the freaks and the geeks are actually pretty similar. They just don't realize it, right? And they start crossing over. That's the whole point. And like that was me too. Like I also had friends that were 
uh, the freaks, you know, the punks and whatever, the, the alternative rock type type people. Um, and they just kind of cross paths like that in high school and you do the stupid sh- stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, you have like the house party when your parents away and it doesn't quite go like you think it's going to go in the movies. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it was really real. And having grown up in, in the eighties too, like even as a kid, I saw some of the younger, younger people there. I was like, yeah, I, that that's kind of what Halloween was like back then. That's kind of what um, the inside of houses look like with the wood, you know, the wood paneling and everything back in the eighties and the shag carpets and um, this, even the stereotypes were like dead on, like what we were like back in the eighties. A lot of the friends that I had um, that looked and dressed and acted just like these people. So for me, the TV show would have to be freaks and geeks for the best. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Freaks and geeks. I- I, I can't even come up with another TV show. I mean, except for like a Stranger Things. I mean, Freaks and Geeks is by far one of the best I, shows that you never know, got did, a sequel. What just came to my head, one that I did like when I was um, in high school was a modern one. It wasn't one that was like takes place in the past. It, it took place in the present called My So-Called Life, um, which I, I when, it, when it came out, it was like it was almost revolutionary for a lot of people because we didn't really see – our um, high school depicted in a real way. It was always like goofy, say by the bell type stuff, which is fun. And I loved, but like, this is like real deal type stuff that they were dealing with at the time. So I enjoyed it. I mean, a, a TV show that isn't the traditional coming of age that still has the whole school aspect is community, which is still one of my favorite shows of all time. And oh, nice. yeah, it's a different phase because that idea of community college can fit anybody's life at any time. Sure. There are people that go to community college of all or of a oh, lot of different age levels. Mm-hmm. And it's just a crazily good show outside of season four, which got ruined because <laughs> TV. We, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> TV had problems back then. Streaming. <sighs> people complain a lot about streaming, but creators have a lot more free reign to actually tell their stories rather than broadcast yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, I want to piggyback off of the. Uh, freaks and geeks conversation really quick uh mm-hmm. undeclared was kind of like a oh, it was the uh, sequel yeah. not not r- sequel but sequel mm-hmm. and another good show oh, that's another coming of age just in college again uh but yeah man it's an, it's another one of those shows that like it's very realistic and it's it feels very raw and it's like I, I feel like I can connect with a lot of these characters. And I think that's why Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared were pretty popular shows. I don't think Undeclared got as much praise as Freaks and Geeks did, but. Right. You know. I think what those shows do um, from a writer's perspective is they put their characters in those awkward moments that you remember. They might not be the exact same, but they're always the ones that stick with you. Cause you're like, oh God, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe I did that, said that. Because your hormones are raging at that age and you're just saying the dumbest stuff. Yeah. And getting in the worst kind of trouble. And of course, it's in front of everybody, right? It's not like you're it doing this is. in private. It's like always in the middle of the, you know, the, the square, the, you know, the cafeteria or wherever, where everyone has to see you. Like fall on your, your face. pants in front Open of everybody. Pants, yeah. in... All that stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now I'm going to relive that <laughs> moment tonight. Oh, when you were Alex. talking about embarrassing, it made me think of a show. <laughs> Probably the coming of age show that I've most identified with ever mm-hmm. is Doug. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, wow. 
I Doug. forgot about Doug. He's an overthinker with anxiety, and it's like <laughs> he, he, that's that's me. I, I I forgot because Doug it was like you know Nickelodeon. That's like pre being kind of teenager, and it's just something that doesn't come to mind. Like a show you recently watched, but right, I identified like with that show so much. Like I watched Power Rangers, I watched with Ninja Turtles, I watched Rugrats, all that kind of stuff. But Doug feels like the most relatable character to me I've ever experienced. It was nice. the most real life character. It like it was very boring and mundane. Like I tried to go back and rewatch Doug recently and it's a hard get through. But it's because it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. Like it's mundane. It's just like I'm going to I'm going to a new school today. Honk honk. Uh, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that episode where he goes to grandma's house and he literally gains weight. And then Patty's going to have a pool party in like two weeks. And he, oh so he needs God. to lose weight. And he's like, do I leave my shirt on? And he goes to the pool party and no one's in the pool. Everybody's standing on the sides. And he worked out uh-huh. and he cared so much. And he's the first one who takes off his shirt and jumps in the pool. And it's because no one else did. It's that subverted confidence you get when everyone else is nervous nice was it bb's pool because bb was rich i don't remember oh come on so i have no idea (laughs) i mean marty mcfly is coming of age right now behind you just showing you his mother just walked in and hit on him if you're (laughs) watching on youtube like and subscribe and you're watching back to the future which is also oh calvin oh do you want a fun (laughs) fact about back to the future Please please. give it to me. If Back to the Future was made today and they used the same time period, it would be based on 1993. Don't know. God. The olden times. (laughs) The olden times. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Let's let's think about that for a second. I mean, times Uh really haven't changed that much from 1993 to now. But, like, when you're thinking about the 50s to the 80s, there was a lot that happened. There was a lot of change right there. Yeah, there was. I mean, even technology-wise, there was so much change in between those two times. But yeah. from 93 from to 1993, now, you don't think technology has changed that oh, no, much? No, no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> technology has changed, but think about the 50s. The 50s, they had this scene right here one tv that they didn't even know how to hook up and 93 i mean we had tvs in every room type of thing true if i if i were in 93 and i saw what i what we have today i don't think my mind would be as blown as someone in the 50s seeing 80s or 90s tech whatever that'd be for me too i would think maybe i don't know like but music wise oh my god 93 (laughs) i would not want to put you you play some of the music that we've got today in ninety three years and ugh, minds will be blown. You know what's interesting? Do you would you guys consider? I don't know if you've seen the film, but do you would you consider the film Casper a coming of age film? Kids the live dead, action dude. one. Yeah, it's coming of age. I would think, right? Did I tell you? Oh my god, what is happening right now? I Did I know. tell you guys colliding. the story of? I woke up screaming the other morning. They did not tell me this story, I don't think. Okay, this is I this Let's is a total it. diversion from our episode, but it's weird <laughs> that you brought up Casper. 
Okay, let's go. Uh, you, you've seen mm. Casper the live action, right? The three uncles who are total dicks. Yeah. yeah, they're like real is kind of scary in the movie when you're like right. eight I, years old. Anyways, that that was my story. I was about seeing it in theater. So yes, I have seen it. Okay, cool. Um, sorry. Yeah, I I, I got to get it out. Um, yeah. so I woke up screaming the other the other day where my wife ended up like waking up to going oh you were just screaming in your sleep and mm-hmm. i had a dream where uh, like a little kid who was a casper in my in my dream who was like dude you gotta hide you gotta hide right now and the three uncle ghosts were uh-huh. trying to get me and dude, I, it, it was <clears throat> it was so scary in my dream that i literally was screaming out loud Wow. I don't think I've had a dream from a movie that I haven't seen that in that long like that. That's kind of impressive how your memory works. Here's the craziest part about that, though. Uh huh. I woke up and I was like, screw it. I don't know if I can. I'm not going to get back to sleep right away. So I start scrolling through Instagram and I follow a lot of nostalgic stuff. No joke. Someone posted, hey, remember Casper the Friendly Ghost? Here's the Uh Burger King toys. And it had the uncles and the toys. And I'm like, What's happening? And now you're bringing it up in our episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all connected, man. I did this on purpose. What's happening? You know, I, I, I linked into your uh, cameras at your house, and I was like watching it. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be perfect. We're gonna talk about it. I know that that I was fed like your Instagram story. Yeah, deviation, but man, that it's just weird. That's just well, a weird thing. If you do think it is, I, I guess it would be right because she because she's trying to experience death for the first time, right? Dealing with you know Casper and who he really is, because to her the whole time he's like this cartoon-looking ghost, and then he becomes the real boy at the end. He gets to see what he actually looked like when he died. Um, but when I <laughs> sorry, I spoiled this movie from the nineties. <laughs> when I went, so I went to go see this um, with my cousin. She's she's female, and we both saw it for for the main actress. Um, she saw it for Devin Sawa, and I watched it for. Um, uh, Jesus, uh, Wednesday Adams. <laughs> I'm yes. blanking right now because I'm old. Not one uh, writer. Um, so we went, to, we went to we went to Thank you. Got him <laughs> old. Uh, so we both went to go see see that movie because at that age we were like you know coming of age ourselves. We're like really interested now in seeing movies for you know people we were attracted to, and it was really interesting that we both were the same age. Um, going to see this movie for the two main actors in a coming of age film. Um, and I still remember going to see it to this day in what theater and everything. So and it was really interesting that it was like about death. Like it really kind of hearkened on that, which I thought was interesting for yeah. a kid's movie. Uh, so. Interesting fact about that movie. Um, Dan Aykroyd plays a Ghostbuster in that movie. And it's oh. a totally different studio that and I'm wondering how they got away with that. That's a good question. I wonder because how. he Maybe runs out of the house. Trivia to dig up on that, find out. Yeah, he runs out of the house and he goes, "I, I can't do anything for you." And he's yeah, full. I, think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a. I don't big think I've seen mustache. the movie since, so I don't know. Oh yeah. Anyways, yeah, sorry. Another <laughs> another movie. little deviation. But that was cool I, that we kind of intertwined that for you there, Alex. Oh yeah, thanks. Now I'm gonna have <laughs> nightmares again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to bring up just a a a movie that kind of sticks in my head and I think about it from time to time and I haven't seen it in years and mm-hmm. it came out in uh, God, I want to say the 90s I'm actually pull, I pulled it up right here 
But October Sky, did you guys ever see that movie? I've heard the title. I've not seen it's, the movie. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, it, him back in the 50s and how he wants to learn about how to shoot rockets and stuff like that. Right. Okay. For some re- and his dad's like a miner and it's like there's so much pushback but there's something super special about that movie that like has always stuck in my head since like the 8th grade. I think that's when I saw it and I was like this is phenomenal. So I want people to go out there and watch October Sky. If you can find it somewhere, it's a so good coming movie. of age movie. It's a coming in of age. It's okay. Jake Gyllenhaal, he it, baby Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh yeah coming of age wanting to be a rocket scientist and in the 50s pretty good stuff man so have you guys seen dude where's my car yes yeah once last (laughs) night don't remember for some reason michelle and i were talking about it when we were walking oh okay it wasn't like it was on (laughs) no no she was like I think everyone our age just had to see that movie in the theater. And I was like, why did we see it in the theater? And it's because it wouldn't go to streaming. There was no streaming. Right. And when you're in middle school, it was like cool and edgy to go see this movie. It like hit that perfect time. (laughs) And it's just such a stupid movie. It's one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. And it was still mm -hmm. entertaining. But it's a good coming of age experience, right? Yeah. Like going to see that movie and know you're not supposed to. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Because, yeah, movie. I saw it with a friend. Like, I used to, yep. like, that was the age where you usually see movies with your parents. And it's one of the yes, first movies right. where I went and just yep. saw it with friends. Yeah. My first movie that I saw with friends without my parents. And the reason why I was able to do this is because I was home alone with my older brother. And he let me go. And it was my first R-rated movie. And it was Terminator 2. Um, So that was kind of a fun you know, oh experience. God, I was a kid. That's the one where you're scared of time. all the new, the mm-hmm. people's skin. I was like, off, right? Oh yeah. my God. I was like, everything's <laughs> going to walk out and the bomb's going to drop. But it's great. Like I loved it. Like that was a great experience. I got to see like an R rated film. I got to see things that, you know, I weren't, wasn't allowed to see, you know, all that blood yeah. and swearing and stuff. And yeah, sexual. I can't window. think of any of this, anything that I ever saw by myself. I mean, I wasn't alone. I was with my friends. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, like, but like without my parents, like I can't think right. of my first movie I ever saw without without my parents. It's yeah. I thought Golly, it was rated, man. Man, you know, maybe he didn't realize it was rated R. I don't know, but oh, well, I went anyways. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I even fun. saw a rated R movie till I was. God, like senior in high school i don't know maybe i just mm. wasn't really into movies back then. oh i had that that one summer that one summer where i discovered a lot <laughs> thanks to a buddy of mine <laughs> oh yeah that was a good summer <laughs> mm. oh my god anyways yeah speaking of coming of age oh my god bro oh, coming up a lot of things there that summer Everything's coming up, Millhouse. Any other final thoughts on this? Anything else that you guys remember? Anything recent, maybe else? I look forward to okay. seeing what new coming of age movies come out and how how we're gonna relate to be. them now. Because now we're all okay. we're all much older now, and it's you know I still enjoy watching shows like, for instance, the show um, Big Mouth. Big Mouth is I. In mm-hmm. a way, I guess a coming of age story about oh, very a kid much so, who's, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. who's going through puberty and stuff. But like, I've been through all that. Like, it's a funny, right. funny show. But I, I, f- 
feel like I'm, you know, at a new point in my life. Right. Right. Sure. This is not going to so, be as funny. It's like, ah, I get it. Well, yeah. no, it, not that it won't be as funny, but how, how am I supposed to relate anymore? I don't know. So right. I feel like I relate more to Steve Martin and Martin. Short. No, no, Alex, <laughs> what you relate to the coming of age story is bluey. Okay, yeah. Because it's multifaceted. It's for Bluey herself and her sister Bingo, but it's also for the dad. I mean, the dad's the like crux of the entire show. That's what makes the show so universally liked, that it appeals to two different age groups. I love that Trevor spends <laughs> one week at my house and now he watches Bluey. <laughs> Bluey's outstanding. It really is. It's, it's this a, a show really or is this a... Yes. Oh, it's dude, called Bluey? Dude. If you've oh, you've oh. seen the characters, it's Bluey okay. the little dog, the family of dogs. What? Anyways, Australian okay. family of dogs. But there, but here's the thing: is like there's oh. so many things about. Oh, we're talking that. about like a kid show, like a little kid oh, yeah, show. Yeah, oh yeah, it's little a kid, kid show. It's designed yeah, for yeah. like little kids. Oh. Yeah, for my three year old. Yeah. Okay. But the funny thing is, is the way that they made it is that we as adults could watch it and go. Oh my god! Uh, wow, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Like, there's stuff that they do. For instance, I love telling this story because this is wild. Um, there's an episode where Bluey and her sister are playing in the yard, and the parents are putting together a swing set. And Bluey and the sister they start out by saying, "Okay, well, we're we're little amoebas, like." we're nothing uh, oh but i'm your baby amoeba and then they oh well now we're lizards and they start going through evolution and they're, they're but if a three-year-old's not going to catch that but a, as a dad i i perk up and i'm like what are they doing oh my god so then they go okay now i'm your mommy and you're my kid and then eventually like the parents are taking the box of the swing set and they throw it over the edge and and the kids pick it up and they build a city and they build this whole city around and and then Bingo at the very end grabs one of the boxes and says, oh, and this is my rocket ship. Mommy, can I go fly around in my rocket ship? And she's like, well, I guess you can go. Like, she was very sad because they've been playing evolution, whatever. And she goes, right. plays. And the parents just then finish the swing set. Bluey turns around, looks at her parents, runs up to the swing set and sits down with them. And the sun is setting bingo the little dog is running around the yard and the dad goes ah this is just like heaven and it's like whoa, whoa. oh my god this did we just die <laughs> well no it just shows that whole evolution of going from amoebas to lizards to monkeys to rockets in space and everything right rockets in right. space to then that's cool dying right. And being in heaven. So is this the show that where the, they're they're made out of like plaid creatures, characters, or something? I'm trying to picture what the show is like if I've ever seen pictures of it. So no, if it's not that, have. then something else. like okay. plaid like characters. Plaid. I don't even know. What I have that no is. idea. I might be thinking of Blue's Clues or Paw Patrol. No. I don't know what my nephews watch. I have no Blue's idea. Clues. True coming sure. of age. Yeah. No idea. Bluey. Oh, I Bluey. Oh my oh, god! Figure it out. You gotta bring that brightness down. No Jeez, oh, my <laughs> old person brightness. Oh my god! <laughs> Control center. <laughs> um, I have never seen that character. In my life. You've never oh, seen. Right. 
Anyways, no, never seen it. <laughs> Blue Bluey coming of age for three year olds. Right, and for parents. Kind of bluey I've been used to, but all right. Can I, I'm gonna throw some honorable mentions out there. Dazed and confused, almost famous. Go ahead. God, these are, almost these... famous. That's the one I like. I was gonna say, I was kind of surprised you didn't uh, say something about. Well, I talked famous. about that last time. I know. And then uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I That's saw Napoleon Dynamite yeah. five times in theaters because wow. for some reason I thought this is art. And yeah, I think I a lot of people funny. watched that movie a lot in theaters. That was pretty popular when it came out. It for sure. Was I was like, both for Pedro, a huh? Yeah. Freshman in oh, college, yeah. film school, which I only yeah. went to film school for one year. So, and then I graduated. Look at you now. Yeah. Then I graduated. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what else do we have here? <laughs> well, I mean, honorable mentions. I do want to mention Ladybird just because. Greta Gerwig did an amazing job with Barbie. Everybody's watching Barbie. Not as many people watch Lady Bird, Lady but Bird. she did an outstanding job with that movie. Talk about just like coming of age, pure rebellion against your parents and then realizing how that's... It's just, it's a realization of almost, I'm going to rebel and then realizing that you're rebelling just for the sake of rebelling. Right, Exactly. Speaking of which, my honorable mention then will be Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham, which oh, is fantastic. Wow. Another yeah. example of the kid kind of rebelling a bit, but also, but she was really awkward about it and then coming to terms with uh, her dad, her single father. So great movie. Definitely some of the most cringiest scenes in, ever filmed in history are in oh. that movie. Re- kind of reminds me of, watch. of the movie 13. Was it 13? Yeah, thirteen. Oh, yeah, that was rough too. That was a rough one. I think too. I think eighth grade is a little better, but yeah. <laughs> some to watch, some good honorable, honorable mentions. Oh, sorry. And then there's what? Mean Girls, and of course there's Mean Girls. You, you got to have Mean Girls in any talking about coming. She of doesn't age. even go here. <laughs> <laughs> or Juno. Trying to make Dude. fetch happen. Juno. Juno's <laughs> another another good one. Okay, now we're just listing right, stuff enough, off. Well, Juno and Napoleon Dynamite were the same time period, like. Mm-hmm. It was the just same time, right? it was yeah. like a thing, and it yeah. had the same feel. Well, cool. Those were some great honorable mentions. Uh, that was yeah. a lot. And so, that before we lot. do end, I want to do a spoiler-free review of the first two episodes of Ahsoka. It's oh, going to be a weekly show, and so All they right. released the first two. And I've been super hyped for this show. I'm a big fan of Clone Wars, Rebels. All the storytelling that Dave mm. Filoni has done, he created Ahsoka okay. from scratch, and now he's making a TV show based on that. And episode one is not very good. I'll put it bluntly. Like Dave Filoni wrote and directed. He writes the whole series, but he directed episode one. Episode two, he does not direct. And episode two was very good. So it's uneven so far, but episode two left me excited. (laughs) Episode one is just very slow and methodical and very wooden portrayals of everyone characters that I've loved and seen across multiple seasons, because this show is season five of rebels. If you haven't seen rebels, this is season Mm -hmm. five. They can call it whatever they want. This is season five of rebels and episode two leaves me excited, but episode one was not good. So if you just watch episode one and are done with this show, I totally understand, but you're (laughs) going to probably be missing out. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's good to know because, yeah, episode one was probably one of the worst episodes of Star Wars that we've gotten so far TV-wise, yeah. which is too bad because 
like the look of it looks good. You know, the costumes, I think mm-hmm. the people they cast were right, but like I felt like, yeah, he just he's not a good director. Like it just fell flat. So I'm, if you're saying that episode two is better, then yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch episode two then. So. Episode two is really good. It gets I almost gave up. the story I was like, oh, they're I was actually just, telling. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I kind of felt like the episode one was like the setup for like people who don't know anything about rebels. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it felt like. It was like the characters being wooden and trying to tell the story of their past and where they're gonna go. Right. So it's that type of thing. Well, no, it's that type right. of thing where it's a delicate balance to depict exposition through storytelling versus right. characters dialogue. Let me stand for five minutes and tell you uh-huh. exposition. It's not everyone can pull that off as no. storytellers. No. Well, and that so I don't need to watch Rebels or anything like that. I could just watch. I'm honestly really intrigued. I know so much about Rebels lore. Like I've seen the show twice that I don't know how accessible this show is if you haven't seen it because I get everything and I it's tough to even extract yourself to have that perspective of not knowing anything. Like I've seen the memes on Instagram where people are like, I didn't know that this was going to require me to watch four seasons of homework to watch this show. <laughs> so... I don't want to. I don't want homework. I just want to jump into it. So what we'll do, we can make it an episode where you explain to me, and I go, "Oh, that's what that means." Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly kind of don't like have an answer. Yeah, like I literally don't have an answer of what that if you need that perspective of rebels or not because I don't even know what it would be like. It it's kind of like watching Harry Potter not having read the books, where they they tell the story, you get the story, but you just don't get really what's good <laughs> oh okay i guess even more than that i don't know it probably it, is because you're coming into the story like yeah several seasons in that because you're right it it feels like season four five, five. i guess right yeah, of five. rebels yeah it feels, mm-hmm. feels like season five of rebels is what it feels like to me it's a lot of like oh you know who they, they do a lot of that to you and like who <laughs> like i mean i know who they're talking like if about. you don't know the names thrown yeah, they don't know or anything right. like that it, or who the heir to the empire is like well, who are they talking about <laughs> it's it's weird yeah who is the heir right. to the empire exactly you have to watch to find out oh my god anyway well this, good this coming is short. <laughs> it's coming of age for ahsoka and sabine yeah and ezra I do like the new baddie. She's she's awesome. Really awesome. I hope she kills everybody. It'd be fantastic. Ray Stevenson sadly passed away, but his character's very uh, not one note as usually Sith are. Like he's very right. multifaceted. I really like his character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So signing for that at least. So So there's we'll probably talk about Ahsoka once all of it's aired. Just keep that in mind, Alex. No, I know. I'm gonna start watching. <laughs> I almost started watching it today, actually, but I was like, oh, there's this Gators documentary. And I'm like, this Gators documentary is good. Dude, it's so Choices. good. <laughs> it's really good, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, is that the Tim Tebow one? Well, it's got Tim Tebow in it. But he's on the poster Iron. art? Uh, no. no. Oh. It's on Netflix. But yeah, uh, no, the number one Netflix thing right now has Tim Tebow on the cover art. So I thought that maybe yeah, about. I didn't see him on the cover art. So, or maybe I did. I don't know, dude. Yeah, sure. Yes. Cool. I can't imagine there's multiple Tim Tebow documentaries right now. <laughs> God, I hope not. Oh. <laughs> Coming of hey, age with Tim God's Tebow. On, God's on his side, brother. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> to everyone listening, please tell us what you your favorite coming of age story is. Is it because it's your nostalgia? Is it because it's highly relatable to you? Is it a fantasy element that puts it over the top? Let us know. And until next time, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you later. Prog out. Adios, y'all. I totally forgot to...